It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 607, 53 degrees on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I am here to help you be more successful. But then I don't define success. You define success in any way you want. If you think that one more flower, one less weed, one better looking tree, one more squash or lettuce, one better house plant inside the house, if that would make you happy, I want to bring happiness into your horticultural life. All you have to do is ask the question, how do I do this? Why? When? Where? What should I do this thing in my garden? And all you have to do is call me at 404-872-0750, and we, we meaning me, Ashley Frasca, will answer the call. Make sure you know what you're what you're talking and got your thoughts together. Scott Max will make sure you go on the air, and I will do the minor part of answering the question to make sure you have the information you need to have more success in your landscape. Again, 404-872-0750. Yes, my friends, I have been planting this week. I've been planting because I just got tired of waiting is basically it. I decided the... The uh, water bill was not going to be too terribly high, and I wanted to plant some more things to get ready for the fall and for the winter. And I know that fall is the best time to plant perennials, and so I had several perennials that I had ordered online. I had a couple of bulbs that came in that I wanted to get planted in the ground, and so I got out and planted with the able help of my good little friend Gabriel and Mary Megan. Mary Megan and Gabriel are both about... Six, I think. And they decided last Saturday that they wanted to dig. And so they came to the house and they helped me dig a hole for this and dig a hole for that and put some magic uh, black organic material on the holes and mix that in real good. And I said, you know, y'all have worked so hard for me, Gabriel and Mary Megan. I am going to give you a reward. We are going to have a trailer ride. And they had never had a trailer ride which used to be a common thing in my neighborhood back when my kid was, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, around this time of year, because this is around his birthday time, we would save bags and bags and bags of leaves and needles, and we'd put them inside the trailer that I can hitch to the back of my car on the trailer hitch, and just cart them around the neighborhood, <laughs> throwing leaves up in the air and screaming and yelling at each other. That was, uh, what, 20, 15, 20 years ago. Now, the new set of kids, the new 6- and 8- and 10-year-old kids, get introduced to the trailer. Because as soon as I said trailer ride, then Gabriel and Mary Me were off to their houses to get their brothers and sisters and say, Come down! We're going to have a trailer ride! And they had to have a dad to, live, to ride in the trailer with them, of course, to be sure everybody was safe. And I hitched up the trailer and put it on the car, and we rode slowly around the cul-de-sac with the kids jumping up and down and screaming in the trailer. <laughs> so that is what I did last Saturday, planting with the able help of two six-year-olds, and the who, by the way, showed up on uh, Sunday and Monday, both wanting to dig some more so they could ride in the trailer again. And I said, well, you know, I just can't do that every day, but I tell you what, I will make a mark here and I have a little piece of flat dirt and I took a stick and I made a mark I said every mark that we have on here means that you have earned another point 
towards your trailer ride when we hitch the trailer up again. So Mary Megan and Gabriel have earned several points and are eligible, I think, for the trailer ride. We'll get that trailer ride to them sometime this week. They'll have a hopefully have a good time. Speaking of watering, though, something we need to think about is the governor. And this has not been officially announced. Not officially announced because there is a protocol by which you announce changes in the watering uh, schedule and abilities of Georgians. The governor said this past week that we're going to kick it up one more notch, that the drought level declaration will be coming this next week, and that uh, we'll go into drought level two, which is going to take some getting used to because this is something we have not had to do for the last three or four years. But drought level two will go to odd even watering. I'll cover the details of odd even watering a little later in the show, but odd even watering is very much seems to be coming down the pike because of the dwindling water reserves and still extremely dry soil moisture and no rain in the forecast. Even though it may be 50-some degrees right now, and even though the day's high, in the, what did it say, 70s, I think it is, Kirk says, and overnight tomorrow, 40s overnight. And even though all that is happening, with no rain in the forecast, the Georgia Department of Environmental, Georgia Environmental Protection Department, the EPD, has uh, decided to kick it up a notch according to Governor Deal. Again, no official forecast or no official announcement for that, but we anticipate next Tuesday, Monday maybe, that the EPD will announce another level of drought restrictions, which will allow us to water on odd, even schedules. Now, remember that when you're planting things, that is still allowed. Remember that watering personal vegetable gardens still allowed. Watering vegetable gardens can be done anytime, any day. There's no restriction ever on watering vegetable gardens. But for the other things, there is some restriction on the time of day that you can water and soon-to-be day of week that you can water. And again, I'll have details on that a little bit later this morning. So that's the gardening forecast. If you have a question about your lawn, your trees, your water, your shrubs, your watering, your uh, uh, houseplants, or anything else, give me a call, 404 872 0750. We go first of all to our friend down in Griffin, Georgia. Nicole joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Reeve. Is it dry in Griffin? Oh, you used to have a white cat, and now they're all yellow. It is dry. <laughs> you can even, you just need to save water because we don't know how long is it going to last. Well, I'm trying to save water. Every time I water, I'm not using my, even my soaker hoses now. I'm using just hand watering, putting the water directly on the plants that are newly planted. And no lawn irrigation, of course, but uh, I'm trying to save water where I can in my in my house. Go tell that to the bank. Huh, right. The <laughs> irrigation is always on, even on concrete, you said. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, you know, it's sad to see sometimes that people, and these are a lot of commercial places, a lot of commercial turf kind of places who just don't have the foresight or even sometimes, I guess, the manpower or somebody who has any bit of brain to say, go turn off the irrigation system. We don't need to have it going quite as often as we do. But until the actual declaration comes, a lot of the a lot of the banks and commercial places will continue to water just like they did the first of the summer. Every week they'll do what they want to do with no, no rules applied to them. We'll see. Thanks, our big water tank, isn't it? Is it what now? 
I said thanks to the big water tower. Thanks to the big water tower. Now, what were you talking about last Saturday, Nicole? You referred to water towers down near the Dell Webb uh, Sun City Peachtree Place, and I looked for a water tower. I didn't see a water tower down there. Well, it's right in front of my house and next to the school. You didn't go as far as the school, isn't it? No. Because the uh, the uh, Dell Webb people, um, they go downhill. You know where the main entrance is? Sure, the big waterfall, yeah. Yeah, so they go downhill, then you got to go uphill. That's why you didn't see the water tower. There's a lot of wood right there. Uh, if you were to went as far as the... Mr. Reed, those are two brand-new water towers. I saw them build them about three or four years ago. And it's a million and a half gallon per water tank. There's another one off uh, McDonald. There's a big new uh, uh, um, area, you know, for new house, but they don't use this one. Well, but they build it in case we need it. Yeah, then that's smart thinking down there in, in Griffin because when I went to Sun City Peachtree last uh, Saturday, I was pretty amazed at how far they have come in just the four or five years I've been associated with them. That when I, I remember getting there, Nicole, and there were like, oh, 10 houses, 20 houses maybe that were being built, and people were living there already. And I thought, wow, this is, this is a really big amenity center for just 15 or 20 houses. And then they had 100, and then they had 200 over the years. And now, last week, they celebrated their 1,000th home. And then in the next couple of years, they go into 3,000 homes, and all of them will need that water in those water tanks. Well, that's the reason why they built it. It was originally 1,500 acres. Yeah. Oh, boy. No, it's, and, and happy people. This is a great place. The active adult community there is really active. They have a lot of fun with each other. And this was open to the public, of course, last Saturday. And uh, and uh, it was a great... Uh, had, had a doggy parade. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. They had dogs dressed like lobsters, dogs dressed like Dolly Parton, oh, no. dog and howling costumes. <laughs> It's, it's so, so funny. funny. So funny. Yeah. Now they have doggy wash outside. Oh, doggy like a car wash. wash. Come yeah. on, give me a break. Yes. <laughs> give me a break. Just what we need, a well, doggy wash and a kitty wash. And <laughs> my car needs a wash right now, which I guess it would be a good thing because it does, it's not raining, so I'm not going to get any mud on my car. So I should go to the car wash and get my car washed right now. It is you know, you was right. The simplest thing for kids, that's what we remember for a long time. Because we had a ride, too. I mean, more than a ride when we were kids. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had to help because the, then there's no bail, uh, bail of... Uh, there was only loose, so you had to go on top. Loose and, hay rides, yeah. You know, we yeah. had to uh, just, just with our feet pile it down, pile it down, pile it down. You know, in my hay, in my hay experience, we did have bales. We did have bales of hay, but throwing them up onto the truck and onto the trailer was one of the most miserable jobs in the whole world. Trying to get that hay up on the trailer to take it to the barn to stack it up again. Oh, well, you may have had on top of the pile of hay on the back of your truck, but I had the bales, and that was pretty miserable work. Well, that's what keep, uh, build up your muscles, isn't it? <laughs> because that's what they tell teenager to do yeah, it, because yeah. it is so you have to go high, you know, when the last bale on top. I was a mighty strong teenager back then. Well, we got to go. Look, Nicole, it's great talking to you once again. And uh, if you see any hay bales running around, stick on one of them at least and remember our childhood, all right? Yes, and brave our rain. We'll see you soon. Enjoy your day. 404-872-0750 is the number. We'll be back after this.
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Saturday begins a cooling trend for the week in what looks to be a real string of days with absolutely gorgeous weather. Expect mostly sunny skies all day, few clouds this afternoon, high temperatures in the low 70s. Tonight, clear and chilly. Chilly? Chilly? Is that the word? Yes, chilly. Overnight lows dropping into the mid-40s. Stay tuned. It allows most accurate and dependable forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on your Home of the Dogs, News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Comes to us now Sharon from Marietta, Georgia, with a question about uh, powdery mildew. Hey, Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. How can I help? Well, this is the second year in a row that I've had issues with mildew on my pansies. So let me tell you where they are. They're on my back deck, which faces east. Uh, It's in kind of a wooded lot. I've got the high-quality potting soil that I bought from our favorite nursery, and all the plants were beautiful when I put them in. Um, and then in, like, two weeks, the next thing I noticed, they're covered with powdery mildew. Now, this happened to me last year as well, um, and I also bought a, a pot of pansies, a hanging basket that I had in a completely different part of the yard that um, was in full sun that got powdery mildew as well, so... I'm, part of me, you know, the scientist in me wants to know why am I getting powdery mildew well, in addition me, to the fact that you right there, do about it. Exactly. The, the scientist in me, Sharon, can tell you exactly why you have powdery mildew. And it was That's the weather forecast you, that I gave you just a moment ago, which is cool nights, warm days, powdery mildew. That's exactly what goes on. Powdery mildew, we think of mildews and things like that as loving lots of moisture, and moisture has really little to do with it. It's much more cool nights, warm days. Typically, as the nights are in the 60s declining through the 50s, that's where powdery mildew starts. Now, with cool nights going down to the 40s, the powdery mildew won't start, but the stuff that you already have will continue a little bit longer as the days continue to cool off, too. The easiest thing to do, I think, Sharon, is to get one of the oil. Um, they usually sell them as an as a insecticide, but you can also use them as a fungicide, but neem oil, for instance. Okay. And oils are something that dissolve the white powdery stuff on top of the leaves. And if it dissolves that powdery stuff, then the mildew, for the most part, I think is going to go away. The oil, of course, will go away over the next couple of weeks. But oils, in my view, are about the only thing you need to do for powdery mildew. And next year when you plant your pansies, keep that in mind. If it looks like we're going to have several days of warm days, cool nights, spray them proactively. Spray them with the oil proactively to keep the mildew from starting. It's 628 News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's 
the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning, 52 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to bring you a little more success in your fescue lawn planting. Now, as you know, with the dry weather, it's been, been sort of a look at the sky and wonder if it's ever going to rain. When should we put our fescue seed out? Because normally fescue is planted back in September. I remember that nice man on the radio saying, back in September, oh, yeah, it's time to plant your fescue. Surely it'll rain in a little bit. Well, it hasn't rained in all of October at my house. So if I had fescue and was thinking about planting, it would be all dried up and dead right now. No fescue left. But if you have the irrigation available, if you have irrigation available, if you can put a sprinkler out, if you can somehow keep the ground moist enough for the seeds to germinate, the new irrigation and water-saving rules that the state is going to impose next week do not affect you. That's the great news. If you want to plant fescue, you can as long as you can irrigate it. And that's not from a, a rulemaking standpoint. That's just from a this how you keep the seed healthy standpoint. So if you want to plant fescue now, fine, sprinkle it. Make sure the top half inch to quarter inch of the soil is never dried out. Make sure it's moist so the seeds can germinate. Probably, I'll tell you what I would do if I were planting fescue, is I would scatter the seeds at the proper rate. I'd put the uh, wheat straw over the top of it, and then I would irrigate at least an inch of water with measured cups. Go out there and just put five or ten plastic cups out and let it go until you have an inch of water in each one. That will soak the ground. It will be soggy then. And then let it dry off and then use my judgment over the next two or three dry days to make sure I apply a little bit of water every day just to keep that top quarter inch to half inch moist but never soggy again. And that way I won't have to add too much water, but I will not have to worry about the rules affecting me because it is allowed to irrigate newly planted sod, newly planted ornamental trees, shrubs, flowers, newly planted seed for 30 days after you initially put them in the ground. Coming back to the phones, we go with Lewis in Jefferson, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lewis, good morning. Hey, Walter, how's it going? It's going all right. What you need? Well, uh... A couple weeks ago, my wife and I planted some pansies and planted about 50 or 60 up in the area because she wanted a pretty good sized spot there. And then she came back in the next day from work and noticed that they had been kind of disturbed a little bit. Well, I gave it a little while to see if we could put them back in the ground or put them all back down in there. And all of a sudden, she noticed that there was something we been eating on them. Yeah. And then uh, she came back the next day from work, and uh, something had a meal. They were all eating. Huh. And I don't know what, you know, really likes pansies, but I don't. I think I don't think deer like pansies, but I'm just kind of curious of maybe rabbits, uh, if that's a vegetation for them. I'll give you four options. I give you the four things that eat pansies, and each one has a slightly different symptom. And so you, Lewis, decide which one of these fits your situation. All right, number one, option number one. This is what happened to my pansies. I had uh, pansies initially put them in the ground, and I noticed over the next couple of days, individual leaves would be about half consumed. About half of the edge of the leaf would be notched out and eaten, and that immediately says caterpillars, because caterpillars 
they only eat individual leaves. They don't harm the whole plant. And so I immediately went and got some bug spray, some garden insecticide, sprayed all of my pansies, have had no problem since then. So individual leaves, caterpillar. Next job, next uh, symptom. If the, leaf, if the uh, plants themselves are dug out of the ground but not eaten, probably squirrels, because squirrels dig just to see what Lewis planted over there and where, you know, where he hid the pecans. And so they, they dig them out of the ground and they lay on their sides, but none of the leaves are eaten. That's squirrel. Number three, rabbits. Rabbit, the rabbit damage on the stems is going to be completely different from deer damage on the stem. Usually rabbit damage is the plant is eaten down to about two inches and all the stems have a real sharp edge to them where the rabbit clipped them off with his teeth. So it's eaten right. down to two inches, but none of the plants typically are going to be pulled out of the ground because rabbits don't pull them out of the ground. On the other hand, if the pansy is A, raggedy looking at, t at the top and pulled out of the ground, probably deer because deer, when they, when they eat, they pull upwards. And when you have newly planted pansies, they're easy to pull out of the ground. And so they'll sort of pull up out shake it a little bit to eat the leaves, and then drop the pansy on the ground. So it's one of those four things. Caterpillars, squirrels, rabbits, deer, according to the symptoms. That, that makes sense, Dan. Uh, we, we live back in a pretty secluded neighborhood, and uh, we got a lot of woods behind our house and everything. So it's either one of those two things. Another thing I got is a Chinese maple that's been uh, the leaves have been decaying here lately and we found the source of that when it was some kind of worm that got on the leaves yeah. and just ate it really yeah. bad. Generally speaking, caterpillars in the late part of the year are no problem. They eat leaves, true, but they don't really harm the health of the tree, so that's nothing really to worry about. Will that tree come back? Is there anything we can spray on them? Or yeah, is that just yeah that's, be, uh, that's why I say it's nothing to worry about because typically the tree comes back just fine. The leaves that are on there, they've already done their job for the tree for the year, and they're just sort of hanging on for a while, and the caterpillar population builds up, and they eat leaves, but it really doesn't hurt the tree. Okay, man. Have a good day. Lewis, great talking to you. Thanks for calling. See you. 404-872-0750 is the number you can call to get in Lewis's place there. Elizabeth is in Dunwoody and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Yes, hey, Elizabeth. How are you, Robert? Hey, doing I mean, great. How are you? I'm, I'm crazy this morning. I'm well, tired. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a long week. Uh, so anyway, what my problem is, is that I was going to plant the miniature boxwood to make an English garden. All right. Well, I'm not going to do that now because of our problem with boxwood. What about Japanese holly? Yeah, there are plenty of little Japanese hollies that you can find that can be either stay pretty small or can easily be pruned to stay in that little compact green, like a knot garden kind of uh, plant. Sure, Japanese hollies would be great. Or do you have any other suggestions? Mm, no, Japanese hollies is your best bet. And for listeners who are wondering why you're talking about boxwood so meanly, it is because there is a disease called boxwood blight, which has had a real strong run for the past year or two. And we're worried that boxwood blight is going to take out many of the boxwood plantings in Atlanta. And uh -huh. for that reason, the... Folks are avoiding planting boxwoods, sad to say. Although if you have a clean neighborhood or clean, you know, area around your home that there's nobody that has boxwoods much, then you could plant boxwoods without a problem. But if you are well, worried, Japanese hollies are a fine substitute. Okay, now I'm seeing 
in the bigger homes and the many, many mansions that had been planted. I mean, had been planted with boxwood. I'm seeing them dying off already hmm. in Dunwoody. Well, you know, they're already well. coming from the bottom. You know, that's for the heights it's doing. So I was a scared. You're scared to plant them. Well, keep your eye on the boxwood blight, but I think Japanese hollies is the way to go. Plant them correctly, water them in, and prune them so that they stay... You know how to prune them, Elizabeth, where you make the top a little bit narrower than the bottom? Because if you don't, the bottom will get shaded out, and it'll look sort of weird after the naked at the bottom. Okay, and so when I plant them, how far apart do I plant these? I read the label and it'll tell you how big the mature size. The Hellerai hollies plant them every, ooh, I would plant Hellerai's about, let's see, 12 inches, 12 to 14 inches seems about right if you want real tight. If yeah, you don't want them that like tight, them. then you can go 18 inches between the Hellerai's. And again, they will need pruning to keep them to the small size. I don't know how big you want yours to be, but if you want them to be Six inches high, that's going to be a lot well, of Well, not six, and but I want them to be probably... 18 to 20 is going to be a little yeah, less. Yeah, So yeah, read the label. Like It'll tell you. I, and thank you, Ed Walter. Thank you. I enjoyed working with you. You probably don't know who you're talking to, but uh, I was Elizabeth Hancock. Hey, and Elizabeth. so um, I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. Elizabeth, I do my best, and I remember my colleagues and the ones who inspired me, and you are one of my colleagues who inspired me. So there you have the credit given where it's due. Well, no, we had a good time, didn't we? Thank you, ma'am. All right, thank you so much for this information. See you soon, Elizabeth. Okay. All right, the best. 404. Well, you know the number. I'm not going to repeat it. Let's go to Charlie instead. Charlie is down in Florida and doesn't need to know the number himself. Charlie, hey, man. Good morning. How you been? I'm all right. What's up, Charlie? All right. Well, down here, you know, the growing season's a little different. Yeah. So I've got me some tomato plants. and I, uh, Let me back up a minute. You know, you're getting a call like you. Well, I live so far away from anything. We don't get that good or Radio reception. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, uh, the tomatoes I got, they, they don't have any flower set on them now. I have one that does, so I can bring them in. I got them in a little fishing cart buggy like you take your stuff to the beach with, so I can roll them in and out. But if they're not going to have any flowers on them, should I just yeah. quit dealing with them? How far down in Florida did you move, Charlie? Well, we're uh, 30 miles west of Ocala, out near the Gothi forest yes sugar sand like you wouldn't believe out here there's no good soil anywhere that was the i remember that was one of the learning curves that i had to do when i was doing tv down in florida was that the middle of florida is completely different from north florida which is completely different way different from the (laughs) southern part of miami part of florida and so i had to get my head wrapped around the part of they don't do much outdoor gardening in middle florida and down because it's simply too hot too long the nighttime temperatures and that's a real operative thing on tomatoes is nighttime temperatures are just too high to get the flowers and the buds to set on it so you know some of them grow tomatoes in the shade but i don't know charlie i don't know i think you need to call the local master gardeners to see if anybody there has a better solution than i do i frankly in middle georgia or middle florida we would never do tv about vegetable gardening in the summer because it was just too hot couldn't do it yeah well that's that's what they say here that's why you know we got them now for this time of year yeah and uh but i just figured that uh they hadn't had any uh, bud sets by now. I might as well get rid of them. As things cool off, I would think you're going to get some more bud set between now and Thanksgiving. would be my bet. So uh-huh. don't give up the ghost. Call me in November or late November and let me know what goes on. Okay. Now, when the tomato worm 
goes to butterfly, what is what do they look like? It actually comes a, a, a moth. It's a who? Uh, it's not that big mammoth two moth inches, thing. No, is it? it's about two inches wide. It's a sphinx moth, and so it's two inches wide. And it's sort of a brownish tan color, for lack of a better word. Look on my website. You can see pictures. I've got pictures on my website. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll call you in November and let you know what was. I'll go ahead and keep them another month or so and see what's right. up. Good talking to you again, Charlie. Thanks for calling. See you later. See you, man. Don't forget, if you have a garden question you want to tweet it, if you're on Twitter, hey, no problem. Put a question in Twitter and with the hashtag... Ask Walter. Just hashtag, you know what that means, a little pound sign, Ask Walter on Twitter. And Ashley will keep an eye on the Twitter feed for this morning, and she will read the questions out. You can get your questions answered by Twitter as well. Hashtag Ask Walter. David in Jackson, Georgia, joins us on Lonnie Garden by phone. Hey, David, good morning. Morning. What's up? Uh, I've got a pecan tree that uh, ants have seemed to take over around the roots and... uh, in the tree, yeah. and it hadn't been putting out any uh, pecans in the past three or four years. Tell you what, David, your your question is so hard that it, it's going to take me a minute to think about it, plus the fact that Scott says, hey, we're supposed to do a break right now, so I want to put you on hold, and I'll put you first in line when we come back, all right? Okay. Hold tight. It's 648. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellow weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you really like fall weather, it doesn't get much better than what we're going to have today. Mostly sunny skies throughout the days and a stray cloud here and there this afternoon. Afternoon highs, low 70s, and tonight clear remains. Metro area with low temps dropping into the mid-40s tonight. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on your Home of the Dogs News Talk WSB. David, 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 I apologize for getting out of there, and now we're back together again. How can I help, David? Uh, I was just still wondering uh, why am I pecan tree and uh, putting out pecans uh, after the ants have moved in on it. If you have ants, if the ants are all over the trunk and leave sometimes of a tree, that says to me pecan aphids. Because aphids secrete this sweet little honeydew stuff they suck out of the leaves, and ants come to feed on that, and that you know, points to the problem with aphids, not to the ants themselves being a problem. Is that a possibility, David? It could be, yes, sir. Um, so for aphids on pecans, there are both chemical sprays you can put down um, early in the season before the nuts have started forming and all, and you don't want to put any sprays down, of course, as you're harvesting right now. So here's what I would do. I've got a series of things. There's one called spinosad that you put on trees for aphid control early in the season. There's... Um, one of the uh, more you know, stronger commercial chemicals you can put on there as well. I've got a, about four different options for you, and I don't remember right off the top of my head what they are. But spinosad, I remember, is the organic way of doing it. So what I would do, go to my website, just type pecan aphid, and it'll give you all the details you need to have about which chemical works best, which chemical is the organic solution. And do that in may one spray i guess david another one in mid to late june would be about the next one you shouldn't have many aphids after that okay all right 
All right. Well, All right, I sure man. appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after news. Reaching, reaching for-